Hallelujah. We serve a good God. Do you know what the word gospel means? Good news. Have you ever walked around to somebody and said, I got some bad news for you? Have, have, have you ever walked into a place? I got some bad news for you. Nobody wants to hear bad news. And if they do, we're going to pray for them. People don't like bad news. You get a phone call and somebody says, listen, I got some good news and I got some bad news. Have you, have you ever got a phone call like that? And what do you want first? The bad news or the good news? And you go like, I don't even want the bad news. Just give me the good news. The gospel is good news. There is no bad news in the gospel. There is no bad news in the gospel. It is good news. And the good news is all about Christ. It's all about Christ. And this morning, I'd I'd like to share a little bit of a Christmas message. It's December 22nd. And I enjoyed worshiping this morning. God can use hymns that Pastor Daniel picks out that drive my kids crazy. And he still comes and he loves to come where praises are. Hallelujah. Have you, did, have you ever thought of what it was like the night the, the, the wise men are coming and all of a sudden they see a star? I mean, God commissioned a star for his son. <laughs> it's like, I'm going to do something that throws all the astrologers crazy. I'm going to create a star and it starts moving across the sky. And all of a sudden, these wise men, I don't have a clue on how, and I don't have a clue why, but all of a sudden, they recognize something, and they start following the star. Can you imagine the anticipation in heaven? Can you imagine the excitement that is in heaven? The most important day in history is about to happen. The most monumentous and most amazing day in history is about to happen. And the angels are getting to watch this. And heaven is preparing this. And God sends out a star and he catches the attention of some wise men and they start following it. And if you read the story, it says they follow it and they come and they find Herod and they say, and they start asking questions and conversing with Herod. And he lets them go and they continue following it. And all of a sudden it stops. That does not match the trajectory or the principles or the physics of how a star moves. They don't travel across the sky and all of a sudden stop. But this one stopped over Bethlehem. Then God decides, you know what, we're going to have some more fun. He says, we're going to surprise some shepherds. Can you imagine going about your duty and all of a sudden an angel comes before you and these shepherds freak out 
and then a whole choir of angels from the heavens start and they just start to sing glory to God in the highest. I mean, this was something that nobody had really experienced. It says in the Bible, or if you look at the Bible and you study, you find out that there was 400 years of silence. It wasn't a common thing that God was speaking at those times. There were some people that were. There were some prophets and a prophetess that were following Christ or following God and God was ministering to them. But his, the, the, the activity that he had with the nation and with people was not like it was in the past. And all of a sudden he's built up and he's got this choir going. Can you imagine what that would have been like? That, that's just amazing. I, I try to picture myself in this morning as we were worshiping. I was enjoying the idea of what it was like to be when Christ was born. It was like the climax, the crescendo, the building up to this amazing event. Christ was being born. History changed. Christ is not just another individual on this earth. He's the only one that is born of a virgin birth. There's not anyone else. Over 8 billion people on the earth now and how many other billions ahead of us? And only one time that has happened. So I'd like you to turn in your Bibles, if you could, to this verse in Isaiah chapter 9. And I'd like to share for a few moments. Isaiah chapter 9. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Are you ready to receive this morning? Are you ready to receive this week? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Some of you caught that. I'm ready to receive this week. Well, I got a present for you this morning. So we're going to start Christmas off this week. Now. If you turn in in Isaiah chapter 9, and I want to read a few verses ahead of that. I want to put a little bit of a setting in there. And I want you to imagine, listen to the words and the description of the state of the condition That God saw the people at. He says, nevertheless, the gloom, (laughs) the gloom, will not be upon her who is distressed. As when at first he lightly esteemed. The land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali. And afterward more heavily oppressed her. By the way of the sea beyond the Jordan in Galilee of the Gentiles. The people who walked in darkness... Have seen a great light. The people who have walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in the land of the shadow of death, upon them a light has shined. Anybody here ever experienced gloom? Anybody here ever experienced darkness around you? Have you ever experienced it so much that you wonder if there's even going to be light anymore? 
Anybody ever felt like they were walking through the shadow of death? Everything around you is hopeless and helpless. And that's kind of the condition that this picture is painted here. He says, but there's a light that shines. There's a light that shines. You have multiplied the nation and increased its joy. They rejoice before you according to the joy of harvest. According to the joy of harvest. As men rejoice when they divide the spoil. For you have broken the yoke of his burden and the staff of his shoulder. The rod of his oppressor as in the day of Midian. For every, every warrior scandal from the noisy battle and garments rolled in blood. Will be used for burning and fuel of fire. He says there's a light that's come. He says, you may have experienced gloom, you may have experienced sadness, you may have experienced darkness. He says, but I'm going to increase your joy. And that joy is the expectation of what happens when there's a harvest. Farmers aren't so excited when they plant so much as they are when they harvest. A farmer is more excited when they are expecting the harvest than they are when they're planting. You walk by a field, you don't see a guy so excited when he's planting the seed. But when the shoots start coming out of the ground, all of a sudden they start counting it. They start looking at it. They start planting it. They start calling people. We're going to have a crop this year. That's amazing. You know why? Because when they plant the seed, they don't always know exactly how it's going to turn out. But once it starts to come, all of a sudden they go, there's, oh, something's happening. We're going to have a great year. And there's a joy. There's an expectation. And this morning, I want to give you hope. Doesn't matter if you felt like there's gloom around. Doom and gloom is no match for my Savior. I don't care if you feel like it's been darkness around you and you feel like there's been a fog around you. That is no match for the light that our Savior Jesus Christ brings. It doesn't matter if you feel like you've walked around the shadow of death. He's the light and it shines. And that's the background that you find this verse in. And as we've read it and then also we come unto this. He says, for unto us. Oh, this is just awesome. Unto us. Unto us. Unto us. There's a reason why he came. He just wasn't born for the fun of it. God said, uh, he didn't just say, well, let's see. He says, unto us. Unto you. Unto you. A child is born. And unto us. A son is given. God gave his son. God gave his son for you. Unto you a child is born. Unto you a son is given. And the government will be upon his shoulder. He's in charge. And his name will be called Wonderful. 
Counselor. Mighty God. Everlasting Father. Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. (laughs) No end. The peace that God has for you has no end. You don't run out of his peace. It's not like a grocery store item that you got to go fill up every week and pay this, pay that. His peace has no end. Upon the throne of David and over his kingdom to order it and establish it with justice, judgment and justice from that time forward, even forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. Unto us a child is born. I want to talk to you this morning about the words wonderful, everlasting father, mighty God, prince of peace, counselor. What a description. What a description. Do you know what that word marvelous means? That wonderful means? I just gave it to you. Marvelous. The word wonderful actually means marvel. It means it can't be explained. It goes beyond explanation. Don't always try to figure God out. Sometimes just enjoy him. Sometimes we figure, we, I got to figure this out. I, no, I'm just going to enjoy him. He's wonderful. In the New Testament, there's a few miracles that Jesus did, does that, that are marvelous. Well, all of them are marvelous. But one of them I just find is amazing. A guy that's blind, God heals him. And, and Jesus heals him, and it's, it's amazing, it's interesting. The guy doesn't even recognize Jesus necessarily. But Jesus heals him, and then he kind of steps out of the scene, and this guy grabs the scene in the spotlight. And all of a sudden, all the, the, the religious people, oh, God bless the religious people. I'm, I've been meditating. I, I want to look at the conversations Jesus had with the religious people, And I want to look at the conversation he had with the sinners. Because I'm I'm, I'm intrigued by them. Because the few that I've looked at, he talks to the sinners one way. He talks to them in love. He talks to the religious people to rattle their cage. And he says, I'm going to have some fun. And this guy who can't see, he heals him. And all of a sudden, everybody jumps on it like flies. And the guy, he's paraded around and they find his mom and dad. And they're trying to figure out, what happened? (laughs) Can you imagine somebody getting healed? They couldn't see and can now see. And they're caught up with what happened. 
And they ask him for an explanation. They ask him for his parents to explain this all. And finally, they give it back to his, the son or the child. And he says, all I know is I was blind and now I see. I can't explain to you what happened except to say I was blind Now I see there are elements of Christ in our life that sometimes quit trying to explain it and just say, I was sick and now I'm better. Don't try to figure out God. I was this and now I'm that. And if that doesn't do it for you, I'm sorry. All I know is what Christ did for me. This guy didn't have the explanation. His only explanation is, I was blind, and now I see. And you're trying to figure this all out. Talk about sucking the joy out of a miracle. I just got healed, and you guys are fighting and arguing over this and that and all that. I got healed. No, 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 we don't care about that. We want to figure this out. Look at the life of Lazarus. Talk about he was dead for four days. And Jesus knows that he's dead. Actually, Jesus knows he's sleeping. Everybody else thinks he's dead. You read that story. He heals him. And you know what? The next chapter, they're trying to kill him again. Sometimes people will not understand everything that goes on. Just say, you know what? The good news is I was this and now I'm that. He is wonderful. That's my Jesus. He's marvelous. I can't explain them all. I can't figure it all. All all I know is he is amazing. That's the first word. He's wonderful. Does anybody here need something wonderful done in your life? Let me introduce you to Jesus. Because he matches that description. He's wonderful. He wants to do wonderful things in your life. As Pastor Nelson was sharing this morning. God wants to do things through you for others. God wants to be everything that you need. He is. And he can be that. You don't have to explain every single thing that happens. You can say, I was sick, now I'm better. I was poor, now I'm rich. You might want to grab that. I was not well. Now I'm well. I can't explain it to you. I don't understand it all. All I know is Jesus made a difference and he kind of entered my life in a radical way and something wonderful happened. It's marvelous and I can't explain it to you except by the name Jesus. And the last time I checked, that equaled good news. Wonderful. Counselor. Counselor means he'll give you counsel. Oh, hallelujah. (laughs) 
He is the one that understands everything, created all. He was in part of creation. It says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. And all things were made by Him, and there wasn't anything made without Him. So He was there. He was present. And He's the one that comes inside of you. If He understands everything about creation, do you think He understands a little bit about your little life? I'm sorry to knock you off that stable, but you're, you're not really bigger than God. If he understands everything about the physics, about the creation, about molecular energy, about all the structure, biology, and all this, uh, I don't know what you call agriculture, but agronomy, I think it is. He understands all this stuff. (laughs) Agronomy is a word. Uh, It is a word. It sounded good. But he understands all this stuff. Can I not bring to him the issue that I have with a fellow person? Can I not bring to him the issues or the need that I have for his wisdom? It says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. You want to get wisdom, you start by fearing God. Don't expect wisdom without God. Amen. Don't expect wisdom without God because you're not going to get the full package. And you're going to be upset and frustrated because what you thought would work was only man's idea, man's wisdom. God's wisdom sees above and beyond and he says things that we don't understand, but he's a counselor. He's deliberate. He deliberates for you. There's five things. He's wonderful. Counselor. Hallelujah. Anybody here need some counsel? Don't call Pastor Daniel. Don't call Pastor Nelson. Don't call me. Call God. Come on. He can give you better wisdom than I can. Because I'll be honest with you. You come ask me for wisdom and I just say, oh, God, help me. God can give you things in your kitchen in one moment. That I can't figure out. And then I'll ask you what happened. And you'll just say he's wonderful. Talk with him. Spend time talking with him. And talking with him doesn't mean talking at him. It's not a one way conversation. Uh, give me this, give me that, bless me, Lord, I pray, grant me what I think I need to make it through the day. Keep me healthy, keep me wealthy, make me my wife in my ever-ending shopping list. That's not what it is. But sometimes we've made it the shopping list. And I'm not, God's not afraid of a shopping list. I'll tell you, it says in the Bible, ask. He's, he's, he's not afraid. And I've brought some crazy ideas to him on my shopping list. But there's a time where he likes just to sit down and talk. And that's when I do this. And he does that. Talk with God. Take time. If you ask him a question, take the time to hear the answer. If you're going to spend all the time and effort to say, I've got a question Don't you think it would be smart to take the same amount of time or longer to get the answer? 
He's a counselor. He's been at it a whole lot longer than you and I. These things don't surprise him. Amen? This this is the Savior that came unto us. A child is born. He was celebrated in the heavens when he came to the earth. He didn't just show up and then they go, oh, we've got a name. No, he was planned. This was deliberate. This was all the counsel of God. It says in Galatians, in the fullness of time, God sent his son. God had a plan. And at the fullness of time or at the right moment, God says, it's time. Let's get the baby thing going. Because he's wonderful. He's marvelous. Sometimes I think we need to fall in love with our Savior. I mean, I was loving worship this morning. Even when we were talking about a way in a manger. It was beautiful. It was beautiful to celebrate his birth. So he's going to give you counsel. He's going to give you something wonderful. The next thing is, he's the mighty God. Anybody here need something mighty done in your life? I mean, I don't think there's any of us that doesn't. He's the mighty God. As Pastor Nelson said, he's not 10%, 20%. He's not partial. He's complete. He is full. He is above everything else. There is nothing that compares to him. And his might is stronger than anything else this world could ever show you. There are verses in the Bible. I'm I'm amazed. Even in the Old Testament. Because sometimes people say, well, the Old Testament is old and the New Testament is new. But if you look in the Old Testament, you see how God works in the Old Testament. It's an example and an illustration of how he works in the New Testament. And in the Old Testament, there are battles that the people had to prepare for that God won for. There were times when God says, listen, I want you to get ready and then I want you to watch and see. What I can do. He is mighty. He defeated Pharaoh's army. Like that. Moses had nothing to do with it. And yet Moses had everything to do with it. It's kind of cool that way. God says step out of the way. And then join me in what we're going to do. But God's the one. That dried the land. The river so they could go through it. And then God says. Now let's watch and what happens. When I let the water back on them. They didn't have weapons. They pillaged the Egyptians. By saying you've got gold and silver. That you can give me. Because I don't know about you. But tomorrow we're leaving. So I'd like everything you've got. God is mighty. When they walked around Jericho. Can you imagine. What it would be like if your pastor, and I'll say Pastor Nelson in this instance, (laughs) stood up and said, we're going to walk around this building seven times every day once, 
And then next Sunday, we're going to do it seven times, and we're going to watch it fall down with no demolition equipment, nothing. We're just going to watch. You go crazy. Pastor Nelson, what you've been reading? I won't say anything else about that, but just. (laughs) You don't go to battle like that unless God tells you to. He's mighty. So when God tells you to get that he's going to do something, sometimes we need to stand and see the salvation of God. He fights differently. He fights best and he fights powerfully because he is almighty God. He's not some mighty God. He's not maybe mighty God. He's almighty God. He came unto us so that we would know him by his name. And one of his names is mighty God. That's the Jesus that I serve. That's the one that was born to be the king. People came and worshipped him when he was just a baby. And if you read in Luke, I I, kind of laugh about this. Somebody brought it to my attention a number of months ago. But when the wise men came, they didn't just go, here's my little bit of myrrh. Here's my little bit of frankincense. It says in Luke, they opened up their treasures. They didn't come, well, where's the little baby? I've got a couple coins for him. No, they came prepared and they had treasures for him. We do our Sunday school rendition and it's like, my goodness, if he's got a bag bigger than a little, if he's got a bag bigger than this of gold, we're in trouble. But that's how we portray it. And sometimes I think we do ourselves a disservice. They brought treasures. Why? They recognized he was a mighty God. Your Lord God in the midst of you is mighty. That's what it says in Zephaniah. The Lord thy God in the midst of thee is mighty. That's Jesus. That's who we're celebrating. That's who we're celebrating. Not only is he mighty God, he's the everlasting father. He's better than an ever-ready battery. You know, the bunny that keeps going up and showing up in commercials all over the the ever-ready battery. He's better. He's everlasting. He never runs out. You you might want to jump out and shout hallelujah. He never runs out. He never is exhausted. You never exhaust his grace. You never exhaust his mercy. You never exhaust his goodness. You never exhaust his finances. You never exhaust his health. You never exhaust him. He's everlasting. And he's your father. There are some of you here that do not have a picture of a father from your childhood. He is the one that will be the father that you dream of. I've talked to people who didn't have a picture of a father, but they had a picture in their mind of what they would love a father to be. 
And there's nothing wrong with that. And I'm here to tell you, he's your everlasting father. And just like it says in Luke, he says, if you as parents, as you as fathers know how to give good gifts to your kids, if you don't, if your child asks you bread, are you going to give him stone? No, you're not. You're going to give them what they need. He says, how much more? And sometimes I thought how much more was a comparison. No, I don't think it's a comparison. I think it's a description of my God. I do not compare to him as a father. I model to my children what a father's like. And all you men, we model to our kids what a father looks like. So when they read verses in the Bible as to what a father is, they look at you and they say, if that's what my dad does, imagine what my heavenly dad does. He's your everlasting. Oh. Hmm. In perpetuity. Not perpetuity. He's in perpetuity. He never ends. Never ends. Never ends. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And the last one is he's the Prince of Peace. He's wonderful. He's marvelous. He's a counselor. He's got wisdom that you need. He's he's your mighty God. He's your everlasting Father. And then he says, he's your Prince of Peace. The Prince means he is the one that rules and has authority over the area that is described. He is the one that has authority over peace. So when you come asking for peace, he is the one that distributes it and gives it and lets it go. He's the dispenser of it. He's the prince of it. In this world, we look at Prince Philip, is it? Prince Andrew? I don't know, you know, in England, way over across the pond. And... And there's a description of them that they are the ones that will be royalty. There is a royalty and a designation around them. And there's actually a separation or a distinguishing based on their name or their title. And they are regarded as the next king. They will be the next king. He will be the next king. And there's a a royal... Oh, my... You guys, what, uh, Howard and Kathy, what is it? Is it Prince, uh, Prince Williams? You got to go to the source. You got to go to the source. Well, I'm glad you didn't walk out when I made a mistake there. Oh. He's the Prince of Peace. He is the one that is the authority over it. He is the one that governs peace. So when you need peace, you go to the one who governs it. You don't give, go to the one who doesn't handle it. You go to the one who's handling it. Who here needs peace? I would venture to say that this time of year is probably the time of year that peace is most necessary. Whether it's getting along with family or whether it's getting along with crazy shoppers. I don't know. But peace is like on high demand. I mean, if you had a peace dispensing machine now, you'd make money. 
He is the prince of peace. He is the one that dispenses it. He is the author. He is the authority. That word peace, that's a powerful word. I'm going to try to give it to you in two minutes. If you want to go, if, the, if you can go now to, to get the Sunday school, if the ushers can go for the Sunday school, and parents, if you can go upstairs to get your children from the nursery, if you have any children in the nursery, I'm going to try to explain to you what the word peace means, and I'm not sure I'm going to do it justice. The word peace is the word shalom. We use the word shalom as a greeting. In the Hebrew language, they use it as a greeting. It's like hello, it's like goodbye, it's, it's a blessing. It's, it's a powerful word in the essence that it matches or meets the need of why you're sending it out. I send you out in peace, have peace, shalom. But when you look at the word, it is not just a word that sends a greeting or sends a benediction or sends you off. It's a word that actually means complete. And it's full. So the word shalom, when the word shalom is mentioned and uttered, which is this word peace, he's the prince of peace, he's the prince of shalom. It means fullness, completeness in every area. He is the prince of completeness in every area. He is the authority on completeness in every area. Pastor Nelson said it so well this morning. There is nothing that lacks in God. Absolutely nothing lacking in the provisions of God. Whether it's health, whether it's wealth, whether it's rest, whether it's loneliness, it does not matter to God. He is the one that is complete and full. And this word refers to the completeness. It has no lack in it. So when you say shalom, you are saying you go in completeness. You go in wholeness. You go in everything that I give you. I give you completely. I am not holding back in any way. I'm not letting this go and holding this back. But the word shalom is just a full, complete release. Not lacking. It is a blessing. He is the prince of blessing. This is the king that we serve. This is the one who was born to die. This is the one who is our wonderful, is our counselor, is our mighty God, is our everlasting father. Is our Prince of Peace. And Pastor Nelson this morning read a verse, and I'm just going to turn to it right now. I didn't have it in my notes, but when he read it, I, I quickly went to it, and that's in John 16. I want to close with this verse. You can just have your children join you in your seat, and then in a minute, I'll have them come. Well, they can come forward too. That's completely fine. Hallelujah. That's okay, children. Come on up. And you can just sit 
right on this bench here, and in a minute, I'm going to have a little video for you guys. Okay? And parents, if you need to sit with them, that's okay. I just want to read this verse, and then we're going to bless our kids. Hallelujah. Hi, kids. Can you guys say hallelujah? Wow, they did good. Next Sunday, Pastor Nelson wants you in the congregation to shout hallelujah. Oh, come on, we can laugh. I want to read this verse to you with respect to him, Jesus, being the Prince of Peace. And it's uh, John 16, verse 33. He says, these things I have spoken in you, or spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In me you may have peace. In the world you'll have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Our Heavenly Father sent His Son... His name is Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. Children, you guys are amazing. Did you have fun in Sunday school today? What, what were you learning about today? The birth of Jesus. You know who Jesus is? Wow, awesome. <laughs> Our teachers are doing a fantastic job. King of kings and Lord of lords. He is wonderful. Counselor. The mighty God. Everlasting Father. Prince of Peace. In those five descriptions, you will find no lack. In those five names, you will find everything that you need. In fact, you find it in every word. (laughs) But he just does it five times. Amen? So I want to encourage you. This this time of year is an amazing year as a child runs out. And children, we're celebrating Christmas this week. I know many of you know that. I've got a short little video that I wanted to show you. Pastor Winona and I saw it last week, and we had a good chuckle, and we loved it. And then after the video, we're going to bless you guys and give you a little little candy, a little gift bag. You've got to give it to your mom and dad to make sure they check it out, because I don't want to get a phone call that kids are bouncing off the walls. So you're going to get something, and then you're going to have your mom and dad will take care of it. But go ahead, Justin. And you can turn off a couple lights. Turn up the volume.
All right. So if I could have Pastor Nelson and Pastor Daniel, if you could come up and uh, children. Uh, Pastor Daniel. All the children, even if they're in the nursery, we have a little goodie bag for you. So if you want to come up, And before you do, I just want to pray and close this service, okay? Heavenly Father, we thank you that we get to celebrate your birth. Lord, we thank you that you are wonderful, that you are counselor, that you're the mighty God, that you're the everlasting Father, and that you're the Prince of Peace. And Lord, even though we may be celebrating one day this year, may we celebrate every day your life, and your good news. And Lord, I speak a celebration. I speak joy over these families today in your name. Amen. Amen. Oh, Oh, there's enough for the youth also, because I know that they... Yeah. So if if the children, if you want to come and get this first, you can come up to Pastor Daniel and Pastor Nelson.
And then if there's a sibling that is not here or a child that is not well, if you could let them know and they'll give you a second bag for your brother or your sister. We do have enough. Kieran, Cleo, Richard, Jennifer, you guys are able to come up here, grab some. Yep. So if you have a brother or sister that is not here because they're not feeling well. Yeah. 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 All right. Definitely. Definitely. All right. We got like... All right. Anybody get missed? Any children? Joshua? I mean, Adrian, did you want some? I've got like three left here. If, if, if anybody got missed. Okay. There's one here for, for Josh. Okay, Pastor Daniel. Just in case we're missing anybody. Okay. God bless you. Have a very Merry Christmas from all of us, Pastor Nelson, Pastor Daniel, our wives. God bless you. Have an amazing week. Amen. You already got one. Well, praise God. God bless you.